never say it, let's say this is high crime. <laughs> it sure is. So I just, this is going to be kind of high crime belated by the time this episode comes out, but like whatever. So what I wanted to say just, just to start this off is I wanted to mention Amy Harwick. Uh, model, sex therapist, activist, a million other things. Um, she was killed by an ex-boyfriend recently. Some articles will say she fell to her death, but that's actually burying the lead because what happened is she was attacked by an obsessive and controlling ex-boyfriend who had been stalking her long enough to have for her to have acquired two restraining orders. And she had gone to the police and tried to tell them how scared she was. Her friends all knew. Of course, they didn't take her seriously because they don't like to take women seriously. And so, yeah, she was murdered at 38. And I had never met her personally, but I'm seeing that a lot of people Mm -hmm. I know in L.A. were good friends with her. And everyone is obviously, like, really mourning and it's, like, really sad, but it's also infuriating because this kind of stuff happens all the time yeah and I don't like want to make that literally like, this whole episode because again like I didn't personally know her and I would have to do more research but I just felt like as like two women podcasting about true crime that like we we had to mention it and it's just so frustrating how like how bad domestic violence is and how we don't have really ways of protecting ourselves and I'm going to assume and I don't think it's a bad assumption that people listening to the two of us feel the same way we do but just in case it's still worth mentioning because in the U.S. at least I don't know where everybody's listening from but we have elections coming up and so just keep shit like this in mind when you're voting and also you better fucking vote. Here's another PSA. It's not cute to say that you don't know enough or you're not gonna, nothing's gonna change, blah, blah, blah. Like, times are dire. We have, like, a literal monster in office and we need to fucking vote. Yeah, also, if you take photos and selfies of yourself, make sure the reflection in your eye doesn't give away your location. This is actually not a joke. It's like an actual tip. Like make sure it's blurry enough that if you zoom in, nobody could see because a lot of modern stalkers will zoom in on women's selfies and like they can basically figure out where you live, where you go from if you take selfies a lot and publicly post them. And if if the image is high quality enough, like, and I tested (laughs) it out because I'm a fucking true crime freak. And I was like, ooh. And then I actually hid some older photos of mine where I'm like, oh, you could definitely uh-huh. see where I am. And I don't really want people to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's so. like the everyday um, or something new to worry yeah, about. Yeah, so that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, most of us, like, I take shitty photos and I don't really <laughs> have to worry about it too much. But <laughs> if you take high-quality photos, Make and it's like yeah. in your house, like you know, yeah. you could see an address or some. I don't know. Just be careful. And also, um, I'll I'll throw in a little personal story. Like I've had a few stalkers in my life. Two were like 
pretty scary and one was pretty harmless, which I know like there is no such thing as a harmless stalker, but like if one is just kind of like, I don't know, like a like, uh, sad puppy, that's like less scary. But yeah, like just like, oh, babies, just please go away. And then they don't. Yeah. And you're like, this is intrusive and invasive, but I know you're not going to kill me, but like get away from me. And the other ones were like really, they were two like different intensities. And one one was violent, the other one was not, and the other the other one was just creepy. So it's like I people always ask me when I've told those stories, like, why didn't you call the cops? And I'm like, I knew even then that the lag time between getting a restraining order, getting them apprehended, any of that would be too long a time for them to retaliate and do something back. Because the one who was violent with me, basically, he started stalking me after I told him to leave me alone. And when I said, that's it, like, I don't want to see you, like, please stay away from me and my friends. And then he weaseled his way into my home, into a romantic relationship with one of my roommates. Like, it was so bizarre and, like, very calculated, slashed my tires. Like, you could ask, like, people we went to school with and they'll, you know, back up that story. And it was just insane. And people were like, why didn't you call the cops? I'm like, because this guy is a fucking he's not stupid he's smart he's a fucking psychopath and I guarantee you I would be murdered and he'd be able to get away with it and then I was kicked out of school for bad grades and had the worst years of my life following but you know I look back on that time and I'm lucky I am still alive and it also makes me passionate about things like this, like safety and, and crime and things that like, it's a reality of so many women. And it's something we don't talk about often. And, you know, I'm not the only one who's had these things happen to them. And I'm grateful that I'm alive and can live to speak to um, that experience. But it's really scary. Sometimes I still wonder, like, is like, are they really done with me? Like, is there going to be a time in my life where they pop up again? Which I don't think so, but like, it's always kind of in the yeah, back of your mind. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's like, and where it's everything's like available has online. Been so and, popular, um, like recently, the Netflix show, yeah. and it's just like you, like you see exactly like he, not maybe not as much as in season two, but in season one, like that he fully shows you like how he stalks her and how he finds her and like and people still love him well I mean that's good (laughs) yeah I don't love him (laughs) yeah I mean because he reminds me of like I mean he's a murderous stalker and he reminds me of my own son I mean like I don't know if this guy has ever murdered someone I don't like I truly believe that if this guy is still out there, he probably has, and he'll probably get away with it. But at the same time, I don't want to think about that. And I want to Mm -hmm. think like in my imagination that maybe he's like reformed and like gone to therapy. So, but it's really horrible. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately, especially trauma responses in other relationships where like, 
someone says something or like acts a certain way and then I feel like they're gonna lash out at me or they're gonna do something violent when they're not um so it's like you know we don't talk about a the psychological like pressure and then like the post-traumatic stress of those things well because it's like obviously we're not going to talk about post-traumatic stress if we're not helping these women to not be murdered like that's step fucking one exactly well yeah the first step is like for people to not even die and in the first place which is pretty bleak and it's like it feels really shitty to say that I feel really lucky that I'm not dead and I know friends who are similar who've had like rougher times in their teens and 20s too that are like wow I'm really glad I'm not dead and that's not something that for sure almost any guys I know say um maybe actually like some gay guys and trans guys I know and then that has to do with the whole like toxic masculinity thing again so, um, I mean, we're in true crime, obviously. Awesome. Not well, awesome, not awesome, whatever. but like, um, you know, yeah. No, anytime I'm responding to something with a like a exclamation, just know that I don't think it's yeah, awesome. Let's just move I think on. it's awesome in the <laughs> sense of. Uh, uh, okay, whatever. so initially I had found this case okay. that seemed really cool because it was like the oldest cold case to ever be solved. And I like found all these great sources because I usually don't like cold Ooh, cases. I love like I want there to be justice. And then I was like compiling them today, and I found this like one more recent article that was like, oh, by the way, they convicted the wrong man, and it's like really depressing and awful. So at the last minute, I changed what I was doing because I'm like that fucking sucks. Okay. I just came up with a theme song for this episode. Today we have a history mystery. Today we have a murder <laughs> that is back in time with Kayla. That's accurate. <laughs> okay, so since my other one didn't work yeah. out, I decided I wanted to do a Ouija board murder because I fucking love a Ouija board. It's amazing that a board game created by Milton is it the Parker Brothers or Milton Dive at some point because they're actually kind of they're at least a handful of Ouija board murders, but this one I just remember seeing on I can't remember what show, but it was one of the ID shows. Yeah. So okay, okay. Picture nineteen twenty nine on the wow. Okay, nineteen twenty nine on the. Cataraugus Reservation near Buffalo, New York. So kind of like where near where we went to school. Yeah. Word. Upstate New York. <laughs> a lot of weird things happen. Two Seneca women there. sit balancing their fingertips over a planchette on a Ouija board. One was Nancy Bowen, a 66-year-old tribal healer. The other was 36-year-old Lila Jimerson, who worked Mm -hmm. at a school on the reservation. They were trying to contact Nancy's late husband, who had recently passed away. He went by the name Sassafras Charlie. 
<laughs> and uh, he was also like a healer and an elder. I love it. Um, and they they thought they had reached him, and the board told them they killed me. And so obviously they were like, "Who? Who killed you?" And the board spelled out Clotilde, which is C L O T H I L D E. It's a lot of letters for this board. Which is which is funny because I know that name from taking French. Oh. And <laughs> there would always be like a character. Well, yep, here she is. Okay, hold on. Uh, when they asked who it was, the board spelled out the name yeah. Clotilde, which is a long-ass name to spell because, remember, it's a Ouija board, so it goes letter by letter. And not only did it give the, oh, yeah. the woman's name, which, like, yeah, that's what they're looking for, who killed him, but it gave her address and a description saying she was short with bobbed hair and missing teeth. Like that Damn, Ouija board that's is a like, very descriptive Ouija you're session. You're about to do the devil's will. That is specific as fuck. Do you think um, that is very specific? Also, do you think in modern times there could be like a Kiji board I mean, where like you can just possess <laughs> your keyboard? I mean, I think according to Zach Baggins and also the Warren family, any item can be possessed. And then it helps. Yeah, if I guess because like then it's like easier to, happening. you know, get your message ac- across and then trick people to like let you into the human realm and take over I don't know whatever demons want to do yeah I'm like I'm like always nervous when there's letters around I'm like what is there a demon that's gonna no I don't really worry (laughs) about that too often there's other things I worry about (laughs) yes oh anyways go on it sounds like a lot of spelling for a Ouija board since it has to be done letter by letter like fucking T9 texting. Think about that. Short with bobbed hair and missing teeth. That's a lot of letter by letter spelling. They were, I mean, this was the 1920s. They didn't have internet. They had a long time to do things, you know? They... Yeah, my parents always, well, my mom always says that if she was born in my generation, she'd never get anything done. But like, during her generation, she was just like, well, I'll go to the library for seven hours and then go home. And then it's like, the only thing I have to do is my homework. Yeah, maybe we'd all be doctors then. And I'm like, wow, truly. I know, maybe we'd all have 7,000 degrees like Susan Kushner. We'll never know. What? Shout out to my very smart, yeah, smart mom. Shout out. I said shout out um, to my very so smart Nancy mom. So Nancy didn't know anyone with such a French yeah. name. Say it how you said it earlier. Exactly. But conveniently, Lila did. She was the wife of a French sculptor named Henri Marchand. And Henri studied under R-O-D-I-N. Do you know that artist? Oui. Say That's the same. Okay, I wasn't He's sure because I figured the spelling famous. might be weird. Okay, 
so he studied under him, um, and he went on to become an expert in precision wax modeling and dioramas. So in 1925, he and his family moved to Buffalo so that he could make models for a museum there. Yeah, so we're setting the scene as to how how Lila knew these people. So Henry worked closely with the Senecas in his work studying the Cattaraugus Reservation, and, you know, he he, he made dioramas and things like that for the museum. And sometimes he and his wife would stay in a cottage on the reservation and Clotilde would gather mushrooms and draw sketches of the countryside, like so fucking quaint and adorable. <laughs> I That would be my ideal life, except I don't like mushrooms, but I would like to just like gather like, oh, that's Helene. She's going to gather some some daisies and then bring them back and paint a little picture. Isn't she a wonderful woman? <laughs> well, and I'd be like, yes, like, I can do uh, that. Like many that different really time cool. periods uh, in America, a woman who foraged in the forest could often be mistaken for a witch. So it was rumored that because she gathered mushrooms and herbs, some people thought she was a witch. I don't know. It's stupid. But but that aside uh what really kind of fucked everything up is henry because men ruin everything and he became very close with a seneca woman named lila jimerson she modeled for him she was 36 at the time and he was 53 oh Damn. No, but it's, I mean, that's not like no. a huge age difference, but it's like... Um, after the women's seance, Nancy received several letters saying that Clotilde Marchand was a witch who had hexed Sassafras Charlie out of jealousy. They were signed Mrs. Dooley, but she didn't know who oh. that was. One letter read... Her witchcraft didn't work so good, so she decided to kill him. Yeah, so Nancy is like, because remember, like, Nancy is uh, a spiritual healer. Like, she's very in tune and intuitive, and so she's getting all these signs that this one particular woman not only killed her husband, but now she's, she's thinking she's next. So on March 7th, 1930, petite little painter Clotilde Marchand answered her door to a stranger who, in broken English, accused her of being a witch. Nancy then pulled out a hammer and beat Clotilde, and then... Damn. If I had a hammer... That song's about peace and not murder, but... I'd hammer in the morning, hammer your neighbor, who's... I have no idea what you're talking something. about. We'll have to listen to that story. It doesn't sound familiar. Hammer you don't know neighbor? that song? Peter, Paul, and Mary? No, I, 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 I oh. made that lyric <laughs> as, a, as a funny one. It's a song about peace and justice. It's like from the hippie generation. It's a hammer for 
justice is a hammer for freedom. It's the love between my brother Look, and my sister. Let's just you keep know? going. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. <laughs> oh, right. So it gets worse. After the hammer, she stuffs a chloroform-soaked paper down her throat. Love it. Love. Yeah, love I didn't even know like how far back chloroform went, but chloroform. at least to 1930. <laughs> and beyond, the number one chloroform. This is an ad. Our first ad is not for chloroform. <laughs> oh my god. We are sponsored by chloroform. There's the episode title: sponsored by chloroform. that would totally be like if if our radio show existed in the 30s it'd be like this murder podcast this murder radio show is sponsored by chloroform or like chlorigal the number one chloroform for your gal okay back to something been easier more serious Um, so her body was okay. discovered by her 12-year-old son when he got home from school and he finds his mom sprawled no. out on the uh, first floor landing. Yeah. So he runs to the museum to oh, tell his father what yeah. happened. And initially they assumed that she must have died from falling down the stairs. But then upon further inspection, they found the bloody gashes on her, the smell of chloroform, and other signs of a vicious struggle. The police came in. Obviously, they interviewed Henry because they better fucking interview the husband. Um, From one of his associates, though, they found out that, um, or they were directed toward Lila and then subsequently Nancy Bowen. Lila was arrested first, but she immediately named Nancy, who was found to have the earpieces to Clotilde's glasses, which is weird, um, as well as bloodstained clothing. Yep, that's that's uh, pretty. Well, that will. uh, So what they figured happened was so Lila visited Henry at the museum and suggested they take an early afternoon ride in his car. So while they went on this like nice little afternoon ride, Nancy went to the to his home and attacked his wife. Later, it was revealed that Lila Whoa. had Lila had convinced Nancy that Clotilde was a white witch and had killed her husband. I already said that. Um, so it this went this became a national sensation. Uh, they were calling it the Ouija board murder because. It's pretty on the nose. And Nancy was described as, or she became known as the hex woman. And she was described as sinister, stooped, and withered. It is. And and the sources I read had said that she actually was kind of like a short and uh, like heavy woman. But she was described, like, you can just see the language they use to describe these women. It has nothing to do with what they look like and everything to do with what stereotypes they have of witches and of Native people. Because Lila, 
who was reportedly slim and attractive by like most accounts in the papers in time magazine, actually she was dubbed red Lila and she was painted as sallow, flat chested, scraggle haired and toothless. Yeah. Sure does. That sounds racist. Yeah. as almost all historical murder stories, I, I have yet to hear a historical murder story that hasn't avoided racism, which yeah, speaks I mean, pretty much to America. But before we go racist. on Especially that, if tangent, Native people aren't continue. involved, like there's a 99.9% chance a white person fucks them over. Let's just be real. Yep. This is not. When the song says this land is your this land, land was your this land, land is my land, it it's actually it's my land. not. It's native. Land. No, I don't. Yes. Know. Yes, that's the horrible I mean, not yes. So in my notes, yes. I just yeah. wrote ew because it's just so fucking racist and this guy is such a prick. But so a, one paper wrote of Henry who was philandering they wrote he never was aware of the fierce aboriginal passions he had aroused he's really fucking gross oh my god shut up french man oh also oh uh a french artiste named Henri, who's a sculptor in the 1920s who is cheating on his wife (laughs) well not a surprise. <laughs> that was like every French okay, sculptor. Okay, they all say horrible shit place. like this? Right. So this is a man who said during the during trial that it was a professional necessity that he make love to all of his Native American models so that they would pose nude for him because he needed to accurately depict their physical characteristics, a.k.a. for science. Ah. Uh. Absolute fucking worst. He's the worst. White guys are the worst <laughs> in every single um, story. So they asked him because remember I said they th- they thought that like Lila took him out, went out, not took him, went out uh, on a ride with him while Nancy went to his house. So they were wondering if he was involved because they knew he was such a philandering creep, and. So they were like, okay, well, when this was happening, why did you just happen to be on a ride with Lila? And he goes, he's like very cavalier, like, I don't know. Indians love to go for automobile rides. So much. Oh, my God. He's the yeah. worst. I'm, Only I'm glad that I, don't, I can't do a French you accent because you really. don't deserve to have your name pronounced correctly. Henry, you douchebag. Yeah, Henry, um, you big fucking asshole. That's what we're gonna I know everybody's now because we're like, American. Sorry, we're assholes too, but at least we don't want to be. No. Well, you and I don't want to be. Okay. Let's just let's just leave it at that. For our international we, listeners, we, we, we're well, like, we fully fucking shut up, America. And it's like, yeah, lives. yeah, yeah. Every day I wake up more embarrassed of where I live than before. Yep. It's fine. As the fire and dog are around us. 
that's just life. This side. I literally missed work on Friday because I woke up at 7 a.m. in a panic attack so intense that I was like walking around my apartment. I was like slowly sipping water. I put on Labyrinth because it just like makes me happy and think of childhood and also David Bowie. And finally, I took a Xanax because I could not calm down. I woke up at 4 p.m. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, fully dog in the kitchen set on fire situation. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. My dog ate a sheet. I'm away on a little on a little vacay, and my dog is being watched by my friend, and my dog ate their sheets and then swallowed Holy them shit. and then threw it up on the sheets. So I owe somebody new sheets and then he food on the couch and I'm like maybe I should have just taken my dog on vacation and because I'm gonna have to pay the hundred bucks whatever that would have been his extra flight ticket fee or whatever right right damn it Uh, puppies are hard man especially rescues it's like double training yeah my poor little son he's so cute though no he is very cute. I can't wait to meet him in person. Oh my god. I'm so I, I'm gonna bring him to to um LA in June when I go for the wedding. Yay! Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, I have to because um my friends who are getting married, they have they have a dog child together, um, the future husband and wife, and they were like your dog has to meet our dog. And I was like, absolutely. Oh, Oh, I love it. Okay, back to something I don't love. So during the first trial, Lila collapsed and it was declared a mistrial. While she was in the hospital after collapsing, she pled guilty to second degree murder, but then she retracted it. And I guess they decided not to take it since she was like under duress. That's I love that this is a thing that can happen in this time where you're like, she seemed stressed. Guess we have to throw the case out. <laughs> I mean, they really, really did not know what to do with women. She had her period. Guess it's fine. She murdered her husband and children. I mean, you know this because I talk about it all the time, but I will never, ever get over the fact that they found bloody clothes at Lizzie Borden's house and didn't look at them. Because someone said she was on her period. So they just let it go. They're like, well. Like, it's just, at, men are just, ugh. Are we going to shuffle off to Buffalo? Yes, we are now back in Buffalo. And away we go. <laughs> shuffle off to Buffalo. Shuffle off to Buffalo. You keep, like, singing cute songs, but then the next thing I have to say is really horrible. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> because the police not surprisingly, were awful during this. They, like, tore apart the reservation looking for a murder murder weapon that they actually never found. Um, Someone named Clarence Darrow was brought in to make sure that Lila got a fair trial since she was Native, but he didn't end up taking the case. Jesus. On the stand, Henry admitted to having more affairs than he could remember, suggesting Lila was but a blip in his illustrious love life because, as we've said before, white men are garbage. White men are garbage throughout all of time. 
And here's another example. His attorney actually called Lila a filthy Indian. Oh, no. But that is just so blatantly offensive. It's just like, how could you, how can you just talk like that in court? A garbage white man once again appears in a murder story. <laughs> it's mostly garbage white men. I love Criminal Minds and I used to, I just remember watching it with Jamie and just like laughing hysterically because every time they start the profile, it's like a white man in his, you know, mid or late 20s to early 30s. Like that's every fuck. Go watch 20 episodes. I guarantee you at least 18 will be suspect as a white man in his 30s. Like, it fucking always is. Oh, can I ask you a question? I was at Whole Foods the other day, and this really cool cashier with green sparkly eyeshadow said I looked like a girl on Criminal Minds, and I don't watch the show. Who do I possibly look like? Maybe Garcia. That sounds like... That sounds like a stretch because I'm very white. Well, no, no, no. Uh, she was. I'm pretty sure she's adopted on the show. Um, um, she, I mean, her name's Kristen Vangness. I think she's actually like, aside from Reed, because I have a major crush on Matthew Gray Goobler. She's actually my favorite character on the show. But she's very like, she's blonde and she's like the tech person, so she doesn't like typically go to the murder scenes and stuff. And she, like, is very positive and upbeat and hates all the dark stuff. So her office is, like, full of knickknacks. And she wears, like, cute, very cutesy outfits and, like, dyes her hair bright colors. And That must be it. There, I mean, there's also, JJ is also blonde. And she's, like, slim and pretty. But I feel like. It's probably not the slim and pretty. Shut up. You are slim and pretty. But I just feel like, um. As far as just, like, a stranger telling you you remind that, like, them of someone, I feel like her character just has more personality. Yeah, no, it's probably that, because I'm, like, quirky, and I'm friendly, and I'm full of darkness, but, <laughs> but eliminate, like... Yeah, Garcia actually used to be, she was this, like, you know, met, like, what, like, heavy metal, like, goth kind of a hacker and she got arrested by the FBI and they like made a deal with her that like she wouldn't have to serve time if she helped with with their like behavioral analysis team that's my dream (laughs) like if I could commit like not a heinous crime but like some crime or like I don't know commit some kind of tax fraud and then you know I mean not really IRS wink wink um but then, like, the FBI is like, you know what? You're real smart. We're going to give you a nice job yes. instead of jail yes. time. <laughs> I mean, it's the best case scenario. Yeah. I, I love hearing those stories because I'm like, is that? I mean, like, I think that's ultimately better than our criminal justice system, like, in than jail. But I'm sometimes like, that's not fair. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a little, anyways, um, let's, back to the story. Speaking of not fair, uh, Seneca and Cayuga elder, elders were obviously very upset by this whole situation, especially the language that was being used in the courtroom. So they really supported Lila. They, uh, she hired a different attorney for her second trial, and they also helped collect and submit into evidence dozens of love letters that Henry had written her during their affair because 
he kept acting like she was just like one woman he slept with who meant nothing and she was like crazy but it was like "Mm, these love letters tell a different story this tells a different story henry you fucking asshole Uh, Nancy testified that she was compelled by supernatural forces to kill Clotilde, but when hexes didn't work, she turned to the hammer and chloroform. You know, it's the old saying, if a hammer, if a a hex doesn't work, just murder them in cold blood. I mean, that's not, there's actually no saying that goes that way, so don't live. During the second trial... Uh, Lila threw the bl- more blame on Henry, uh, who by then was married to an 18-year-old. Sounds about white yep. on And <laughs> since he was so arrogant and disgusting at the first trial with the way he spoke about his affairs, he wasn't allowed to speak at his second one. Oh my god. Where they're like, you know what? Just shut up. You're too... Honestly. Bad. Like, that's what they tried to do with Ted Bundy, but he was like, no, I'm too important. And we still have that. I'm too smart. Yeah, I'm smarter than everyone. That's what they always fucking think. If you ever think you're real, if you ever think you're smarter than most people, you're probably not. Well, it's just like the same with the people who tell you, like, I'm a nice guy. It's like, no, you're not. Because you wouldn't have to say that. People would just know it. Exactly. No one wants to hear about how nice you are. Just be fucking nice. Yeah. Like, I'm a good, or like, absolutely, that's any gender. They're like, I'm a really good person. You just don't know me. And it's like, um, I think when you like smash that vase, it was pretty obvious that you're have some issues to address. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, Lila done that. God. Lila denied everything. She said that Henry had actually been trying to hire Iroquois women to kill his wife. What? Yeah. They had no proof of any of this. But Judge Frank B. Thorne did say, I believe, and I think everyone acquainted with this case believes, that Henry Marchand, through his affair with Lila Jimerson, which he cynically defended as a professional necessity, has a large share morally in the killing of his wife. I do not believe, however, that he is legally responsible. There is no evidence that he is. Bullshit. I mean, I at least appreciate that the judge was like, because there, there wasn't like physical evidence that he had anything to do with it. But like, I like that the judge was like, it's fucking obvious that if you weren't such a piece of shit, this wouldn't have happened. Yes. Also, poor, poor, picking mushrooms in a field with her philandering husband. It's always really sad when that happens, when it's like a man is cheating on his wife and then his wife ends up getting murdered and it's like not only did she not do anything you were doing something to her and now she's dead like that's just so Mm -hmm. fucked up quel dommage that means what a shame i was gonna say i didn't study french (laughs) some believe oh well i forgot something oh so nancy's testimony had to be translated from the seneca language and some believe that that combined with lila's denials and all of her stories all the belief and talk of witchcraft and black magic, as well as how much of a louse Clotilde's husband was, confused the situation and led to the eventual outcome, which was one year later, Lila was found innocent. Nancy was found guilty, but she was given a sentence of time served. And so both women mm-hmm. went back to the reservation. You know what? This is a lesson of don't bring a European 
French sculptor to scientifically study a group of people living their lives for the sake of history. Also, it's just like, like, yeah, I think all like every culture should be like, you know, important and remembered and studied and whatever. But like, is it really on this one man to catalog this entire culture? And if that's the case, like, why is he an outsider? Like, why not get that get a catalog from someone who's actually an elder and a historian of the community? You're having a white man paint and sculpture and do dioramas of these women that he knows through fucking them. That should not be more of like a men's view of history. Like that Which is the you most really do, patriarchal think, thing I could think of. You can, here's a thing. Here's a tip to artists. You can absolutely, this is a tip to straight male artists. You can absolutely create a sculpture or painting of somebody's body without fucking them. This is something a tip that male artists still need to hear today. You really can. You can absolutely create art of somebody without having sex with them. And I don't know why it still hasn't passed through their heads, but here we are in 2020, 90 years later after the fact. Still disappointing. Still disappointing. Speaking of how men are still disappointing, I have a picture on one of my uh dating apps and it's of me at the like lisa frank hotel because i have like this like unicorn headband on and then they have this cute desk set up where there's like a wall calendar and then all this stationery and it's all bright and lisa frank patterns and so i have a picture of me sitting at the desk and someone's introductory message to me was well not in my room because you're still wearing a skirt ta-da what like no, thanks, Daniel. You don't have a shot. You are gross. Ew. Why? Why are men? <laughs> so Henry died in 1951 at the age of 73 because sometimes when you are evil, that like fuels your vicious heart to live longer. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of like people who I'm, I look up and I'm like, hmm, is this evil person dead yet? Oh no, they're holding on by a There are a lot of serial killers who live really fucking long. Like, just live for, like, over 50 years in jail. Like, Ranker literally has a list of, like, infamous serial killers who are still alive. Also, did you know that only the good die young? I have heard that. It's in a Billy Joel song. So that's how you know it's a fact. <laughs> Um, so Lila lived until 1972, and then this is where we get really sad about Clotilde because, uh, her paintings were only ever exhibited once in a show, uh, a memorial show for her in 1930, and her daughter said she was a true artist who never had a chance, which is really sad. Yo, that's really sad. Also, I just need to point out that her daughter's name is Henriette, and at least one of their sons is named Henry, and so all of their children are some variation of their father's name, which, like, I'm sure might be a thing you did in that time period, but also, like, fuck that. Yeah, that's like naming your kid Dumbasshole 1 and Dumbasshole 2, which is (laughs) actually what a lot of American parents name their kids, unbeknownst to them. And then the last thing I have is that his Models and dioramas are still in 
a certain museum, but I'm not going to tell you which one. And I actually edited out of the text because fuck him. There are plenty of other museums you can go to where he didn't fucking like sexually assault his wife through a community. It's probably just other white male sculptors who sexually assaulted um, women. Probably. Probably well, true. But you know what? I bet you can find at least one fucking like book or website or something that is put together by an actual native person. Um, actually, there's a really amazing museum called the um, Museum of Native Americans in New York City. And it's right in downtown. It's a beautiful facility. And that is actually super awesome. And so go there it's just like I mean it's like with the whole like fake news bullshit with Trump it's like just I mean this is one of the first lessons we ever got in journalism and just like when you had to write research papers in school which is like not all sources are created equally like don't just trust everything you read make sure what the source you're getting it from like if the whole your whole notion of a certain race ethnicity religion anything like that is from like one very specific perspective like you probably don't know the that's whole why you usually have to use five to six different sources at least yeah I, mean, I do that even just for these murders so uh also it now makes me frustrated when I'm helping somebody with a paper or something and i tell them like oh do you use like your school's like resource system like library system they're like no I just google it and I'm like no you can't just google it because those are websites those aren't necessarily scholarly articles somebody who's dedicated their lives to research and I know that's like yeah and you're just missing like even if you do find some articles that were like uploaded whatever like you're missing like some really good resources that are literally probably about this specific thing you're writing about instead of making other sources stretch to work. It's like, just put in the effort to go to a library. Like that's what they're there for. Or just even like the free internet resources, like free library resources for like JSTOR and EBSCO. Yeah. But even if that, if that is like, I don't know, too much, you could always look at the article that has a high algorithm. That's why it comes up fifth on Google searches and then look at their sources. sources. So that, that way you're like, mm. you could see like where the source material is and it's not just like Wikipedia. Yeah. Or like, and sometimes actually I've used like sources from Wikipedia, like, like scrolling down to the end. Oh, fun fact. I am a source listed in Wikipedia now. For what? Somebody listed my article. So there's like, it says list of non-binary celebrities. And I interviewed a non-binary celebrity a couple years ago for this um, LGBT popular lesbian magazine. And uh, it says, I like found my name because I was searching my name because I started applying to jobs again. And I was like, I wonder what comes up when I Google my name. (laughs) And then I was like, whoa, Wikipedia source. And then I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. They, like, use my article as a source that that person is a non-binary celebrity. So, yeah, so I was like, cool. (laughs) I'm a source. (laughs) Very nice. I'm a trusted source. Mm. 
Mm, you can trust me, America. Salute. <laughs> um, well, I think that is all I have today. Yeah. Sponsored by Chloroform. <laughs> for terrible things. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I hear that I just had a thought in my head that was like, what does it smell like? It's odorless. I know. That's why it was a really dumb thought. <laughs> you're... <laughs> I think you're self subconscious. I actually had a similar thought because we both are disturbed. And I was like, I wonder what it would feel like to pass out from chloroform. <laughs> well, I would figure it out because if somebody was like, here, smell it. <laughs> That's how I accidentally took poppers for the first time when somebody gave me like a little jar and it was so cute. And I was like, oh, thank you. And they're like, yeah, you just sniff it. Like you just smell it. And I'm like, and then I had a date after and I was like, hi. I'm actually high on poppers right now, so I apologize. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I took, like, a big sniff, too, because I'm like, mm, I want to smell this jar because what's wrong with me? I'm like, oh, thank you for this jar. I'd love to smell it, of course. And I'm just like, like, I want to, like, I don't know, maybe it's essential oils. And they're like, wow, Helene, you took a pretty big sniff. And I'm like, yeah, I wanted to, like, get – and they're like, you know what that is, right? And I'm like, like, oils? And they're like, no, it's poppers. And I'm like, oh. Okay, also, what are poppers? It's like the, it's like a stimulant that it's like technically legal. They sell it at like um, adult stores and it's like what gay men use or like people in general (laughs) use to like relax their butthole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not just gay men. Other people use it too, but it's popular at gay male parties. And yeah, so... (laughs) That happened, and then I had a date, and it, and it was just a, like at that time it was like just like a second date, so there, you know, I didn't even, you know, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I accidentally drugged myself because I was very enthusiastic to smell a jar, and then I I haven't used poppers since because I don't like stimulants. I'm very I'm a very anxious person, so stimulants mm-hmm. just don't really relax me. Hmm. Yeah. You always have a story. Always. I have several stories. Most of them seem fake, but they are 100% real because I'm still in therapy. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? I just told, I told a crush of mine recently, I was like, and that's why I've been in therapy for over 10 years now. <laughs> upside down smiley face, upside down smiley face, upside down smiley face. I once had someone tell me, if they had to pick one smiley face that was like me, that's the one they would pick. The upside down one? Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that's a compliment, but like, that's definitely how I feel most of the time. I think my emoji would be the, um, I don't know. I think the, the penguin. I can't picture a penguin. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> You're like, stop this madness. <laughs> I, I just like got really high because we were going to record and then we didn't record and then I had to push things back and now I'm going to have to get ready and I'm high. Now I have to get ready for nothing because I'm on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ha ha ha. No, just kidding. Not a ha ha ha. I wish. No, I won't say it. I wish you were here, Kayla. Oh my God. I miss you! (laughs) Later, Later, bud.
Bye. Have fun. So long. Farewell. Brought to you by Chloroform. <laughs>